I got a weird one that seems simple for you, Bales. Okay. Anyone want another nutter butter? Say that anyone three times. A, anyone want another nutter butter? Anyone want another nutter butter? Anyone want another nutter butter? If you're gonna talk about another butter, you gotta talk about it in a Boston accent, just like a fluffer nutter. But it's another butter. It's so fun that you can you do that with another accent. You can't pick another. You can't pick another accent to do another butter about a fluffer nutter. Now can you, Thomas? What was the one? Like? Anything about the Nutcracker? Go to the Nutcracker. Do Way down there by the Harvard Yard. The Nutcracker give you a hell of a nut butter. If you use a Nutcracker nut to make your nut butter. You don't need another nut butter if you got a Nutcracker cracking the crackers into the butters. <laughs> that, that's, that's quality New England content there, Thomas. That's quality. You, fl- you flood a butter when another Nutter cracker hit that other cracker in the face. I think Thomas just started free-forming. I'm assholed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, Free he's stu- an asshole now. I went down the asshole. Assholing. I went down the asshole. You are all weirdos. Hello, weirdos. Hello, weirdos. Hello, weirdos. I'm Bailey. I'm Stan. And I'm Thomas. And you are all weirdos. Uh, This week on the pod, uh, Stan is going to take us into the universe of... What? Bailey. Tell me. I am coming in hot right now. Uh Uh-oh. I'm coming in hot. All all of the things... We're throwing it out the window. Breaking news, because I am mad as hell. Oh, what's going on, girl? Tell me Listen, what you're mad as hell about. They just released the Oscar nominations, and the only nomination that the Barbie movie got is the one guy in it. Ryan Gosling, no nomination for Greta Gerwig's Fantastic Vision. Nothing for Margot Robbie, who fucking nailed it. The one guy. The one guy. I'm very upset. Well, and I want to fair, talk um, about it. Okay, to be fair, America Ferreira got the Best Supporting Actress nomination, and I, I personally, I think she should win. Gerwig did get nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay, and there's okay. this weird... Yeah, there's a weird splitting of hairs about Adapted versus Original that I don't think anybody truly cares about, but, you know, Oscar people argue about weird stuff like that. But go ahead, Stan... Uh, you have the floor. I am okay. So first of all, yes, uh, it. I don't know what what the problem is between adapted. That's just that's just semantics right there. That's yeah. just bullshit. But the fact that they couldn't like we know that Barbie is a comedy. Comedies don't win at the Oscars. We get that. But the fact that they couldn't even throw a bone at Margot Robbie or Greta Gerwig for such an amazing piece of work is. Literally, what the Barbie movie is about. <laughs> well, it, it, yeah, exactly. So it, it's the patriarchy coming through from the film, right? It's like, yeah. you know, the fact that Barbie and the director don't get nominated and the guy does, right? Yeah. Not to, not to, be, listen, I, I, 
I loved Ryan Gosling's performance in it as well. He did an amazing job. But so did Margot Robbie. She was Barbie. She in, encapsulated the story. She didn't even want to do it initially. She wanted to get, um, I heard Gal Gadot to do it. Which, you know, I, you know. It doesn't make it, sense to me. Doesn't make sense, but it's all in the execution. But Margot Robbie nailed it. And Greta Gerwig nailed the 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 vision as well as the story that it was telling Gre and the themes. Greta Gerwig is the first woman to ever direct a billion dollar grossing film. Right? Uh, and the, fa the significance of that should not be overlooked. And I know box office receipts don't necessarily determine Oscar nominations, but I don't think they should be a non-factor either, right? Not I at all. There's, yeah. yeah. And, and what that movie did, I mean, culturally, I think that that's the movie that everyone has been talking about since it came out. The production so design... I was going to say more so than Oppenheimer. I mean, I've heard... Absolutely. You know, like, yeah, there was Barbenheimer, but the only... Only really real time I've heard anything about Oppenheimer is within regards to Barbie. Well, and I would say at the same time, the, the big contrast between those two films, besides being a historical drama and a comedy, mm -hmm. is one of those films has a, a very distinct point of view. And I think that's been kind of the main criticism of Oppenheimer, is that it's, it's a retelling of, of facts without necessarily a point of view about the man himself. Interesting. Uh, and yeah, and don't get me wrong, I think Christopher Nolan's a great director. Mm -hmm. He's probably going to win the Oscar, especially now that Greta Gerwig is, is not nominated. Um, but I think, I, I don't know, I think the thing with Barbie not getting... And to be fair, it did get nominated for Best Picture. Let's not lose sight of that, okay? okay. Barbie, the Barbie movie, is nominated for Best Picture. And if someone had... I if mean, you had heard it that, had to. Like, they would have been absolute idiots to not nominate it for the... <laughs> For the Best Picture Award, in my opinion. Like, it's one of the biggest films of the year. I get that it's not going to Of all win. time. It's of all literally time. one of the biggest films of all time. Yeah. Uh, now, I will say this. I mean, if you had told me when they announced that there was going to be a Barbie movie, if you had told me then that it was going to get nominated for Best Picture and was going to have this kind of effect on the culture that it has, I, I probably mm -hmm. would not have believed that. I think they really executed so brilliantly on that film. Uh, and it, But again, I think it's... For a movie that is, for, in a lot of ways, about women not feeling seen or women feeling seen in certain circumstances, mm -hmm. the idea that you know it's invisible to Oscar voters uh, for Margot Robbie and Greta Gerwig, the, the two driving forces behind it, it's just... It's a huge swing and a miss. Yeah, you know, and that's me being diplomatic. You know, I'm I'm equally as pissed. Yeah. Um, I mean, I yeah, would... like like just throw them the bone, just throw them the freaking bone. In, in okay, my so here's the thing uh, for me. Is and I apologize I... to Thomas because he hasn't had a chance to see it, and we kind of blindsided him with this topic. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just really upset. <laughs> Hey, hey, like, like, like we said, you know, uh, when you come in hot, no one expects the Stanish Inquisition. But here we are. Aha! <laughs> the Stanish yes. Inquisition. Exactly. So uh, I'm looking at the, uh, the nominees for Best Actress right now. And I suppose the argument is you've got to remove one person to make room for Margot Robbie. Okay? So I have only seen two of these films. But I will say... Annette Benning in Nyad should absolutely win the Oscar. Like, Margot Robbie was great, but I, I'm telling you, if you haven't seen Nyad, 
that movie is just it really puts you in that place of that physically grueling swim that Diana Nyad did. Okay. Uh, and I think Annette Benning is brilliant in it. I watched last night and I was not I was actually underwhelmed with the movie Anatomy of a Fall, uh, which I think uh, I, Thomas, what are you signaling me for? I can't tell what you're I can't tell what you're doing. You just went on that rant about Okay, I didn't see Barbie. I probably haven't seen most of the Oscar-nominated movies. To be so fair, I, have I haven't no, either. <laughs> so, so whatever. But you just went on a rant about how like upset you are about this and how like that's what the movie's all about. And then the first thing you do is say who should win the Oscar. Like, if she's not going to win. As somebody who didn't see the movie, do you want to know what I came across? Uh, not being in Barbie circles, I came across people talking about how important the movie was. So you just said it's up for best picture. Cool. And then I heard people talking about how much Ryan Gosling killed it. So not having seen it makes sense aside from the Greta Gerwig of it where she should probably be up for a billion dollar uh a billion dollars at the box office should get you up in the Oscars eyes. I don't think that's a sexism thing personally, but that could just be my chauvinistic um blind spot. It just sounds <laughs> like she made a movie out of Barbie that people had yeah. low expectations for and then they came back and were like, "Oh shit, no, this is a a cultural moment." Yeah. Well, and let me be clear. I don't think they're fucking sexist over in whatever voting circle they have. Like, I don't think they're like, screw women. But like, at least not consciously, at least not consciously. But also like there is a there is an obvious like obvious choice to give. And like, I, I feel like they've you know, correct me if I'm wrong. It's not like they can only nominate four or five people at a time. I've they've nominated like multiple directors before, right? Like they've nominated up to like ten directors in the category. So why they can't just throw her a bone? I don't get. I don't like that you keep saying throw her a bone though with like the 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 point that you're making is not the thrower of a bone. You're saying that the work put out uh, deems worthy of the nomination at the bare minimum and that you think it's an atrocity that didn't happen. Um, so I mean I, I I can get down with that knowing nothing about the Oscars upcoming. Well, I say, and I say throw her a bone in that like I as as much as I would want the Barbie movie to sweep the Oscars there's no way like they that type of movie just doesn't win the Oscars you know you it like I was I was honestly shocked the amount that um everything everywhere won because like I feel like that would have never happened before um and it hit such a cultural point in our life that it just happened yeah. to work that that year um and and with the barbie movie too i feel like because it was written uh at a very at a very weird point in our society it really hit hard uh like if this movie was brought to theaters like several years before in its in its uh 
entirety, I don't think it would have it would have done as well personally. But like it, I feel like it hit a zeitgeist of our culture to where it made a billion dollars. And when I and sorry to go back to your point, when I say throw her a bone, I think I'm I I said it already, but uh yeah, just like we we know you're not she's not gonna win because it's a comedy, but. Just give her the satisfaction of being nominated. You know, just it's, give she, her that. You, she's worthy of the nomination. Absolutely, and no, she's been nominated before. There's no need to make a special accommodation for it. It earned it on its own. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 just to get back to something you said uh, earlier. So traditionally, it's five nominees in each category, whether it's director, supporting actor, supporting actress. Mm-hmm. Traditionally, a few years ago, they did expand the field for best picture, and now it's up to a- as many as ten, minimum yeah. five, max ten. Uh, I feel like there's nothing wrong with expanding the recognition uh, for nominees because every year. Every year, there's always the who got snubbed conversation the day after mm-hmm. the Oscars, right? You don't think it's going to continue, man? That's going to happen regardless of how many nominees there are. Now, then you're just going to have like more people who feel more uh, like invested in their particular movie winning it. And I don't mean the people who are involved in making it. I mean like fans who like to do what we're doing right now and be like mm-hmm. that was a travesty yeah this is bullshit yeah but there's nothing wrong with generating more interest in movies you know there's there's and if an award show is meant to True. do that then yeah there, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that if it gets is, more people interested in who's going to win and what art is worthy of recognition i don't necessarily think expanding the categories is a bad thing so who does Margot Robbie slap if she has her Will Smith moment. <laughs> Watch your ass, Emma Stone. <laughs> Emma Stone would be honored to be slapped by Margot Robbie. God damn it! <laughs> I, I know, I know, plenty of people who would pay for the privilege of being slapped by Margot Robbie. Didn't oh, she right slap here. Will Smith? Right here. Wait, didn't she actually slap Will Smith in a movie? Am I wrong about that? When they were in a movie together. Didn't she actually slap him yeah. in that movie? Suicide, Suicide Squad. Squad. No, very Suicide possible. Squad. They did another movie too, and I can't remember the name of it now. But they were in another movie together that um, I actually haven't seen. So I, I but I know that they did. Uh, it was like a yeah, like a crime movie together. I'll, I'll look oh yeah, oh, like a buddy cop movie. Not no, it was more no, like, no, a, like no, a hustle no. grift kind of movie. The one thing about Barbie and the Oscars that I'm actually very excited about uh, is that uh, I'm Just Ken got nominated for Best Song, and my hope is that Ryan Gosling is going to perform it live at the Oscars, and I think that's going to be the main reason to watch the Oscars, is to see that live performance. That's what I'm most excited about. That is definitely going to be the, like, Blame Canada moment of the Oscars. (laughs) Nice. Do you remember? Do you remember when Marvin Williams came and did Blame Canada at the Oscars? Absolutely, because that was one of my top three. It's like that and um, Hugh Jackman's opening uh, of the Oscars during the recession. Do you remember that one? I do. Oh God, that like I still watch that to this day. Thomas, I'll send it to you later. But it's like, yeah, Hugh Jackman's trying to put on a show with cardboard props and stuff. It's adorable. I'm old enough to remember when Billy Crystal used to host the Oscars every year, uh, and he every year he would do 
Every year he would do a musical medley with all the titles of all the films that were nominated. (laughs) So one year he was like, me and my left foot strolling down a field of dreams. Yes, I'm old enough to remember 80s Oscars uh, shows. Yes, you're welcome. Well, they they would do that for... um they they ripped that off at the MTV Movie Awards too, which were pretty great. But there, that's by rule. The MTV Movie Awards is a ripoff of every other award show. Let's be that's honest. Uh, the one thing I do like about the MTV Movie Awards, though, is that they have an award for best fight. Uh, and I really do resent that there's not awards for best fights and best stunts at the Oscars. Those are, are two things that just personally drive me nuts. Um, not even at the technical awards. No, there's no that's awards like- for stunts. You know what's interesting? There's also no awards for casting, which I feel like is um that's pretty that's pretty dumb. Would you there know? be like particular casting awards? Not trying to be I'm not trying to say that. No. Do she like, like like wouldn't there be its own set of awards because you can go all the way down the like production line and have different categories just in that small genre? I think you can do it as one award where it just goes to the casting agent for the film, you know, where you, you've managed to bring together all these big names in one film. Uh, <laughs> My dumbass. I did not think that casting. I thought casting like we're currently casting, podcasting. <laughs> you, you stoner. <laughs> you, oh, my no, God. No, it made sense. Okay. You know what? It seemed like a good idea at the time. <laughs> I love you, Thomas. I love you I, so damn much. <laughs> I do you have anything else you want to tell us about fucking Barbie while we're uh, I, I, I'm just gonna say you're not invited to the Oscar party. You've just uninvited yourself from the Aww. Oscar party, man. <laughs> Look, man, you're just saving me from coming up with an excuse as to why I'm not gonna come to your fucking Oscar party. Nobody cares. Aww. I'm, uh, I'm sorry, Oscar Oscars people. I'd rather read about it than watch it. That's just how I feel about most award shows. I don't watch sports award shows either. Like, I, just award shows aren't. I like moments, and I don't need to watch them live. I can like see them when they come up after. That's fair. Um, yep, yeah, they don't motivate me to watch live. Um, but <laughs> is there anything else you do want to say? I love you too, Stan. Is there anything else you do want to say about Barbie? Uh, you grabbed the floor, so I grabbed it hard. I grabbed it by the floor, pussy. No, no. Why would I say that on air? <laughs> That's. <laughs> Why would I say that? I don't know. Uh, grab it by the <laughs> grab it by the patriarchy. I don't know. There we grab go. It grab by it by the, the yeah. patriarchy. Uh, all I have to say is, uh, let's burn down Hollywood. That's all. The scene I wanted to ask you about. There's one scene in the movie I really did want to yes. ask you about, which is the push scene. Uh, the because the, 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 the guys all singing Matchbox 20 uh, with all the cans. Oh, God, uh, yeah. The, the guitar uh, yeah. date. So my wife was telling me about how back in the day, she went on many guitar dates, as mm-hmm. she called them. Oh, uh, where every- the guy is just singing at you. And the visceral reaction, that scene seems to have affected so many people. And I, I you know... I don't play guitar, and I, I said uh-huh. to my wife, "Hey, see how good you got it." I don't play guitar. <laughs> you, you got okay, off easy but on here's that the one. thing. Here's the thing. I have never had a quote unquote guitar date, but let me tell you what I you. have had. Who tell me? Oh, oh. So, um, I okay. 
setting the story here. This was probably 2008 or something. I can't remember what movie I was waiting in line for tickets, but I was waiting in line for tickets for me, Rhiannon, and Rhiannon's mom, right? Pick your friend, however you want to cut that in. Um, This guy who was right next to me says, hey, how's it going? And I'm like, just sitting, minding my own business, didn't even uh, make eye contact. And the guy goes... Or, you know, he's he's like trying to get it, get an in on me. And then uh, we're just like chatting back and forth like, yeah, I'm, I'm not really interested, but I'll chat with you. And yeah, we're both stuck in line, so I can't really, you know, he he goes, would you like to listen to my poetry? Oh, no. Yeah. You yeah. don't lead with that. You no. never lead with that. No. And I am stuck listening to this motherfucker's poetry when I'm just trying to wait in line for some movie tickets, man. It was one of those, like, I had to get there early sort of deal and just book it, and this guy is just reading his shitty slam poetry to me, and he asked me for my number, and I gave him a fake number afterwards. Wise decision. (laughs) I could not believe... But yeah, so that... That is my experience with a guitar date. Just like, oh, I can't, I can't really say bad things because I don't want to cause a scene right now. But, oh, oh, boy, I really don't want to be here. (laughs) Stan, was it good? No! It was fucking slam poetry, goddammit! It was so... It was... I can't even remember how bad it was, but it was just this guy just come... And I... Okay, Oh, I won't tell that story because it's somebody else's story. But there, but I've had this conversation with a couple of other women. They're like, "Oh my god, me too! I, I had this happen to me." So it's not specifically the guitar date. Guitar date like, is a metaphor. Exactly. Yes. It is definitely that. Like I can't tell you how uncomfortable and cringe this is right now. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I, I want to ask about about our, our slam poet here. Yes. Uh, now, was he reciting it, or was he getting like super performative with it? Like, like, he, like, he had was it notebook. memorized material, or was oh, it no. his? It was his notebook that he pulled out of his back pocket. You see that he keeps with him all the time. For just such emergencies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For just such emergencies. Luckily, I he... keep my feathers numbered. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I was just like. You know, afterwards, I was like, you know, good for I felt bad for having to give him a fake number because I really just did not want to make the right like, call. But like I I, you, I could tell he was kind of nerdy and awkward and just trying trying to push himself. And like it, had I been a little bit older and wiser, I probably could have like sussed out the situation a little better. But guys, read the room, please, oh please learn to read the room if somebody is just in line and you're stuck next to them strike up a conversation and if they're not into it move on that's all i gotta say (laughs) i just if i could give a piece of advice for all the kens out there uh unsolicited slam poetry will not get you laid i don't care who you are (laughs) it won't Jason Momoa could bust out unsolicited slam poetry and somehow it would make women not want to sleep with Jason Momoa. Oh, God. Oh, God. I would never want to see Jason Momoa slam poetry. (laughs) Just just stand there and be pretty, Jason. That's all you need to be. (laughs) I don't need your opinions. It's why no one quotes a single line from Aquaman. 
They don't know them. They just know that he's there looking dreamy under the sea. There are lines in Aquaman? Yeah. But I, I think it's just sexy gills over and over again. Sexy gills. <laughs> sexy sexy gills. gills. Sexy gills. And whatever they could rip off from Mermaid. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and, ah, Wait, I have a tribal does, tattoo, but I'm under the sea. Yeah. Does, but does I, he but, sing... Does he sing a song with a little lobster or a little crab about there, wanting human legs? Uh, no, but there is an octopus that plays the drums, I believe. There you go. Is there an octopus queen named Ursula? I mean, there might as well have been. <laughs> I mean, I mean, imagine uh, Aquaman on a guitar date with Amber Heard and just see how that goes. You know? <laughs> Yikes, dude. Yeah. But, yeah. But what could back, possibly go wrong? To circle back to that scene, that is probably one of the most visceral scenes. Like, yeah. Gre- that's, that's what Greta Gerwig is really good. Like, it, uh, we watched Frances Ha right after we watched the Barbie movie. And that was actually directed by her husband. Um, but th- but sh- I believe they co-wrote it together. Um, and just that kind of like, I'm trying to be polite. I'm trying very hard, but, oh, I really don't want to be here. And you're really not catching what I'm laying down right now. That there, I feel like that is a very good Greta Gerwig moment <laughs> in my mind. You know, speaking of Greta Gerwig moments, I read something where uh, she said that she fought the studio to include one very tiny moment in the film that I think is 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 actually a really important one. But it's it's a very brief thing. But there's the scene where Barbie and Ken are waiting in the bus stop, and Ken goes off to find men or horses or whatever. He leaves, and Barbie's waiting at the bus stop, and there's an elderly woman who's there, and Barbie looks at her and just says. You're beautiful. Mm-hmm. And she says, I know it. And I think that there's something really sweet and it just, you know, nice. it's, it's, it, it, it's, it, it's, you know, it's the rug yeah. that ties the room together, you know? Absolutely. But, they wanted, they did, the, 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 the higher ups didn't want to include that? Apparently the studio wanted to cut that scene and Gerwig said, if we cut that scene, why am I making this film? And yeah. I thought that was just a really potent comeback. And I think that, you know, the other thing uh, for me with Barbie is, could we just, I, I, look, she wasn't in the movie enough to get Oscar consideration, but can we give some flowers to Rhea Perlman for a second? Because, oh my, God. my God. And between that and Poker Face, the, the Rhea Perlman renaissance of 2023 was actually a, a <laughs> wonderful thing. All hail Carla Tortelli. All right. All Absolutely. hail St. Carla Tortelli. <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. Um. Yeah. No. I. I. I was. I was bummed she didn't get it. But yeah, you're right. She wasn't in the movie. I. I was hoping she was gonna get the like Jamie Lee Curtis. You know the like bump. Jamie basically. Lee had more to do in everything everywhere she did. than than yeah. And I. I do think there's an argument. And when we, you know, I think there's an argument to be made where you have a cameo award. It's sort of like how they have the guest star award at the Emmys. Mm-hmm. Like you have to have under X amount of screen time. I like, know, like that idea. Under five minutes. Yeah. yeah. Under five minutes of screen time. Like, cause I think about like, um, Bo Bridges in one night in Miami. If you guys have seen that, um, that's that, a 
Deep cut, Oof. my friend. I do not know that one. <laughs> First of all, see One Night in Miami because it's it's one of the it's an absolutely uh, brilliant film. Okay. But uh, Bo Bridges is only in the first five minutes of the scene out of the movie, <laughs> and it's oof. I, I don't want to give any spoilers, but it's it's a very very potent uh, piece of acting uh, that really will throw you for a curveball. Um, but anyway, that's that's a sidebar. But okay, so any other like any other thoughts about like like let me ask you this, Stan. Yes. What what does the Barbie movie mean to you personally? Oh boy, that's a big question. Um, I mean, personally, it it couldn't have come at a better point in my life, right? Because here's this movie that the whole theme is basically like everything's fine and peachy and then all of a sudden existentialism sets in and you know feeling yourself get older and like trying to cope with everything you know going from like la-di-da to trying to figure your shit out right and that's kind of what i've been going through the last couple of months being unemployed um but it's i i I can't say more how much I felt seen in this movie. Yeah. Like just every everyone every woman that I talk to talks about how they feel seen in a different way and I've never really felt a more unifying movie uh amongst amongst women and 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 amongst my guy friends too. Like, you know, it there the, one of the themes that I remember trying to like explained to explain to my husband after we watched it together was just this kind of like you're not gonna get it on my level and that's fine like that's yeah. kind of the whole vibe of the movie you're you know as much as you're gonna connect with it on on your level as a guy you're never gonna truly understand the the shit that you know you're not gonna understand the guitar date until yeah. it is pointed out to you right like stand wouldn't that epitomize what ended up happening with the nominations and how you feel about that's, it? That's what I'm saying. That's yep. exactly what I'm saying is that it did exactly just a cycle. The, yeah. No, that somebody actually somebody posted on Facebook the other day like isn't this exactly what the Barbie movie was trying to point out to us? That's like, you know, I again, I didn't expect it to win anything. But the fact that this blatant billion-dollar movie talks about everything... Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm going off on a tangent now. But it's okay. It, that's exactly it. It's, it's fr what's frustrating is this is exactly what the movie was trying to point out, the bullshit in our society. And yet we fell into that same trap. Somehow. <laughs> and what about, um, j just to close on a more positive note around yes. Barbie Oscar nominations... Let's talk about America Ferrera for one second, because oh, God, I think such a beautifully written monologue. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think it is it's it is the quintessential Oscar clip. And, and I think that'll be obviously what they air, you know, when they show her clip on, on award show night. Mm -hmm. But is there, can you talk about that monologue and how it sort of spells out, like, you know, all the challenges of just existing, you know? Just... I mean, the the whole monologue, as fast paced as it is, 
it's it's mostly just I live in a contradiction all the time. Like that's what it boils yeah. down to is just I try to do I try to play the game one way, you know, and I'm called a bitch. I play the game another way and I'm called a slut, you know? Like or something like that. Like okay. This is a story that uh, I love to tell about my father. Um, and I feel like kind of sums it up a little bit. So one time uh, my dad and I were at a car wash and I, I was probably like 18 or 19 at the time, right? And this guy at the car wash kind of gives me the ones, the, the up and down, right? And my dad, my dad uh, leans over and he goes, hey, I think that guy's checking you out. And I just look over and go, oh, okay. And my dad goes, do you like it when guys do that to you? And I look at him and I'm like, dad, I don't know how to answer that to my father, Ooh. frankly. And he goes, he goes, uh, uh, I guess you're right, huh? If you say yes, you're a slut. And if you say no, you're a dyke. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's, Damn. that's kind of life for women. <laughs> so here I was thinking that story, like I'm thinking to myself, God, I would never say that to my kid. Cause she would be mortified if I yeah. asked her something like that. Right. Yeah. Uh, but okay, the comeback for him to say that with the fact that he got it and, and said that he that's, got it, you know, he he got it, but it was just like, yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> right. I guess you can't really. There's no right answer with my with this. I'm gonna say props to Papa Stan for salvaging that awkward moment and turning it into a positive. Well done, sir. <laughs> well done, Papa Stan. You know the you guy. Guys. The guy's got humor. You guys, I have a confession. What's up? <sighs> I used to keep a notebook in my back pocket, but oh. I did not surprise people with beat poetry with it. No, I, you surprised them I, with your with your hip hop lyrics, right? Your bars. I just, I just, hey man, I, all I'm saying is, I just, I needed to get it off my chest. I used to keep a notebook <laughs> in my back pocket. That's all I'll say on the topic. Nothing wrong with keeping a notebook for your for yourself. There's nothing wrong. Okay, with thank that. you. Yeah, 100%. no judgments on the notebook. But if yep. you are standing in line next to a girl who is not giving you any signals whatsoever, and you just start busting out your shit on her, that's where I have umbrage. <laughs> I, you know what I what I'm confused by is I is that no, his go to move? Is that his go to? Like I you don't keep. Know, man. I, I couldn't tell you. I, I couldn't tell you if this was the first time he had ever tried to hit on a girl, you know, or if this was his go-to move. Because he was, I, I, I feel like I was waiting in line for, like, some fucking Avengers thing. Like, oh, it, was, it was a nerdy move, or maybe, like, a Lord of the Rings or something. I can't even remember what movie I was waiting in line for. But it was just, like, I could tell this was hard for him, and I wanted to give him the courtesy of, like, saying, like, hey, way to go, but I'm really not into this, man. <laughs> There's just no way. Anyway. Thank you for letting me... <laughs> confess about my notebook i will not take any comments or make any further comments regarding the text in the notebook or what the text became rhythmically used for <laughs> bales bailey i think we need to uh set up a spotify poll <laughs> i, I think yeah for people to suggest what's in thomas's notebook Ooh. i don't give a shit what the polls say don't send me those results. No, I, I think we're just going to ask your girlfriend about it instead. Oh, Caitlin, 
Where's Caitlin? She'll be on in a little bit. All okay. right. So um, when we come back, Stan uh, is going to take us on a deep dive into the universe of Steven Universe. Uh, and after that, Caitlin is going to join us on the pod. Thomas's girlfriend is going to join us, and we're going to discuss a few things uh, there as well. Uh, so we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Hey, Stan, how much do you love your coffee? Bailey, if I could, I would bathe in coffee daily. Well, whether you're bathing or drinking, our friends at Henry's House of Coffee are offering our listeners an exclusive discount. That's right. You can discover the rich taste of tradition with Henry's House of Coffee, a San Francisco-based family business since 1965. Three generations worth of family. They roast dark, smooth, never bitter coffee. So friends, just visit henryshouseofcoffee.com or download the Henry's House of Coffee app and use promo code WEIRDO, that's W-E-I-R-D-O, for a 15% discount exclusive to fans of this show. 15%? I could afford my daily coffee habit now. Experience the legacy in every cup with Henry's House of Coffee. All right, welcome back to the show. Uh, It's time once again for one of our favorite segments. It's did you get the thing I sent you? Did you get that thing I sent you? Did you get that thing I sent you? Boy, get that thing I sent you? Did you? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, so, <laughs> Sorry, I was not expecting that. That was great. <laughs> okay, so uh, this week's Did You Get the Thing I Sent You? goes it comes from stan uh stan you want to you want to take it away (laughs) yeah so i sent these boys uh, a little show that i like to call steven universe uh this is a show that came out i believe 2000 i should really have this information up and running uh i believe it started in 2014 was the pilot episode um but it was uh it went on for several years uh it it really was an impressive show overall for me it's a very important show to me and i made these fools these weirdos if you will watch it uh and now i get to talk to them about their opinions so what'd you guys think of the show i just want to jump in with the stat correction 2013 uh Ah. beginning of steven universe Thank you. Great yes. That guy Thomas on the call. On the call, Thomas. Well, and also Let, there was. Let's um, not get sued for false information. We don't want to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Cartoon Network is going to hunt us down. <laughs> Give us relevancy, Cartoon Network, please. <laughs> uh, well, first off, I just want to ask uh, your thoughts about Steven Universe, your initial reactions and whatnot. I liked it. I. Um, I think it's interesting. I want to ask you a couple questions about the show and, and what the show means to you. Please. But I will I will say this. like, uh, I, So I watched the first three episodes, and then per your suggestion, I jumped mm-hmm. to season one, episode 12, Giant Woman. Yes. Uh, yes. And it, it's an entertaining show. I, I think 
It's interesting because I, I think the audience for that show is, I mean, both kids and adults can watch that show and see different things, which is one of the things I like about it. Uh, I like that uh, the, um, what are they, the, the main group, they're the gems, what are they called again? The, um, uh, they are the Crystal Gems. Crystal Gems, uh, thank you. Yeah, the Crystal Gems are the ones who uh, save the world, right. essentially, or, or the Earth, I should say. Right. So, so what I like about the Crystal Gems is I like that they all three of them are very distinctive. They look nothing alike, and I think that like young girls can look at any of them and see a little bit of themselves in <laughs> each of those three gems. Uh, I think they had a challenging bit of exposition to get through, which is the so Stephen is the son of uh, a gem who gave up her physical form in order to give birth to him, which is fucked up on a right? lot of Right? Like, levels. that's just how they roll off the bat. <laughs> and they, they kind of rolled out that very challenging exposition in an accessible way that was somehow free of trauma despite... Yeah. Like, like it was just accepted and it was okay, and that's weird, but they... If, in, in terms that's of establishing the reality the... of the show... Right, right. No, like, but that's, that's the challenge. That's the beauty of the show is that it deals with this trauma of, you know, a lot of a lot of different stuff. And it doesn't always do it in like a fun cartoon way. It actually deals with it uh, later on as the series goes on. But the fact that they can just like, hey, by the way, your mom's dead and uh, she's dead because of you. Now go have fun adventures. Like, that's how <laughs> the show starts. Exactly. Yeah, that's what every child wants to hear. Yeah, you're the cause of your mom's own death. Bye! <laughs> and now you've got this thing in your belly button uh, that you don't know how to use that supposedly is all-powerful. And if your mom was here, she could do it, but you know. <laughs> right, but the the show in itself, too, uh, with, uh, with the Crystal Gems, for, for people who haven't seen the show, the Crystal Gems are um, aliens, essentially. So these are aliens that... Uh, they, I, I didn't get aliens, Stan. I got jewel thieves. <laughs> Sup supernatural okay. jewel thieves. The, so, okay. That's fair. Um, they're not thieves necessarily. What they are are... They are manifestations of light uh, that are encompassed in their gems. The easiest tomato, tomato. Exactly. Tomato, tomato. Thank you, Bales. <laughs> They go more into it later on in the series, but essentially they're kind of aliens, to to put it super, super uh, simply. For the sake of this conversation, listeners, uh, Bales and I watched the first three episodes, um, and he skipped ahead to 12, and Stan will explain why 12 was a staple episode. Mm -hmm. I want to make it through... Uh, and watch all of it uh, and then get to 12 but i made it through the first three and then i needed uh i needed to come back to reality there was too much belly button <laughs> spew your 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 commitment to completionism is admirable my friend it is very admirable do you unlock all the side challenges in video games <laughs> i i've 100 percented every batman game ever nice. <laughs> Of course you have. Of course nice. you have. Nice. Nice. You and your nice. Joker, Joker riddles. Anyway. Okay, back um, to Steven Universe. Okay, okay, <laughs> tell me the riddles weren't, like, the best, though. It, okay, sorry, back to Steven well, Universe. We'll, we'll pull out a pin in the Joker riddles, but... <laughs> different episode, different episode. Different, different episode. All right. 
So Steven Universe. So yes. uh, I, like you said, it does deal with sort of like the uh, uh, exposition trauma. If you will, you mm-hmm. know, in a in a very uh, frankly a very Matter- daft way, in a way that was surprisingly yeah. accessible. Like not glib, but just really just matter of fact, and this is how life is, and you know, not that you should suck it up and move on, but just this is how stuff kind of rolls sometimes, you know. And I love I love that it's a group of women who are in charge of saving the universe, and they're sort of like. You know, tutoring this young lad, you know, mm-hmm. trying to teach him. They, and they know what he's capable of. So there's mm-hmm. there's this sort of, like, found family element to it. He get it from his mama. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, there. Uh, a lot of the online communities uh, talk about the three moms. Uh, how there's bird mom, which is Pearl, square mom, which is Garnet, and mm-hmm. gross mom, which is Amethyst. But I always... Oh, man. I always I always kind of saw her as an older sister anyway. Like I, I don't see Amethyst as gross, but that's a whole different Ameth- thing. Amethyst isn't supposed to be the older sister. She gives off super big sister vibes to she, Steven. Well, well, in the in the joke of that they're the three moms, she it, it, she's considered gross mom. But she is sort of like... Um, well, basically, uh, th- I don't think this is a spoiler. Garnet and Amethyst are both from uh, the world that gems are from whereas Mm -hmm. amethyst was actually born on earth so she's kind of first Ah. generation you know like if you have that family dynamic she's sort of the first generation of kids that were you know it who migrated essentially right like she doesn't she has no concept of the original world so she always grows she she is a gem who grew up on earth alien anchor baby yeah Basically, in the universe that is Steven, mm-hmm. Amethyst is uh, first gen uh, gem alien on Earth, mm-hmm. and she's hanging out with uh, another first generation in Steven, but mm-hmm. she knew Steven's mom, mm-hmm. um, so she's supposedly like the cool aunt, question she- mark? Yeah. The gems are yeah. all weirdo aunties, basically. Can we can we just yeah. talk about how fucked up it would be if my aunt talked to me the way <laughs> the way that she talks to Steven? <laughs> that that's why she gives ultimate big sister vibes yeah. because no, like she's... the the world is about to explode and then she looks over at him and she's like, "It's no big deal. You can't figure out how to save us all. Nobody so... expected that from you. If your mom was here, she'd do it, but like nobody expects that of you." And that's a mother. No, it's not okay. Okay, let me explain. Let me explain. So, uh, this and, and this goes further into this series. Um, the gem race, right? The 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 gems as a race. They are actually a war conquering world race. The Earth was supposed to be one of the worlds that they conquered, um, and uh. It, the the short version is Pearl and, Aunt, Pearl and Garnet saw this planet and were like, oh, this place has life and this place has beauty. Why are we conquering this planet? We're going to start fighting against it. Fighting against the, the oligarchy that's trying to take over this. And Amethyst was one of the gems that was basically like created on... They needed feet on the ground, essentially, so she's one of the army 
people that were created on Earth to, like, essentially pop out of the ground and start taking over shit. But... So the, the gems are basically a mutiny against their own people? Oh, yeah. They're Oh, criminals. shit. That's some renegade shit. Oh, yeah. No, they go into it. But their people are very nice, very evil. Well, their people are mostly, like... <laughs> Yeah, no, the ge- the the gem race is very um like the it's called the Diamond Authority essentially and the diamonds run to everything. Ooh. Yeah. Are they overseen by Paul from the Diamond Center? <laughs> no. God, that would be amazing. <laughs> if he were the ultimate authority. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like it- to tie that back to uh, Thomas and I's love of wrestling, it's like who's the greater power? No, it's not Vince McMahon, it's Paul from the mm-hmm. Diamond Center. <laughs> Oh, um, actually, can we put a, before I forget, can we put a bit of a spoiler tag on, on this, ep- on this segment, just because I think I might have spoiled a little bit. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the spoiler alert will come, uh, it'll be coming to you on airwaves, give cool. you credit almost every day. All right, enough yeah. of Paul from the Diamond I, Center. I'm I aging myself much- on the mic. I'm trying to sell this show to you guys mostly, but like, yeah, some of that. No, no, I like the show. I like the show. Yeah, no. So let me ask you. So what is it about this show that that is so uh, uh, informative and important? Why, Why do you love this show so much? What does it represent to you? It represents a sort of, well, A, I feel like. If this show was on when I was its target demographic, it would have answered a lot of questions for me. <laughs> How so? Because it goes really into like dealing with emotions and dealing with uh, feelings um, later on in the series. And it goes really into like relationships and... and um... <clears throat> Again, I don't want to spoil too much, but it goes it goes heavy in like a matter of fact explaining it to a kid way that really okay. like if I had seen this when I was say 10, I might have made some different decisions in my life just about who I am in general. Interesting. Like, oh, Interesting. it's okay to cry sometimes. This isn't that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah stance something that you had made mention when you were trying to pitch it pitch this to me you you mentioned that it was the first cartoon that you saw feature um, an importance put on healthy interpersonal relationships mm-hmm. um, and you made mention of um, non-toxic male masculinity which I haven't gotten to yet um, in terms of like what what you brought that up, but do you want to speak to those things? Sure. Um, well, one of the articles uh, that I came across uh, was a, an article uh, written by uh, I can never remember queer queer trans writers um, that uh, I can't remember the name of, but they were talking about uh, the top ten male role models of all time, and I think um, Pippin was on there. Uh, from Lord of the Rings. There was a couple others, but Steven Universe is one of the higher up ones just because of how he deals with his emotional trauma throughout the series, how he deals with, uh, you know, love and loss and, and a whole bunch of other stuff. At, you know, and to throw all this at, like, a 13-year-old, essentially, um, is 
kind of impressive to do it in a way that's not just a fun, cartoony, like, oh, we've got to resolve the issue by the very end of the episode every single time. Doesn't always happen, you know? It, it, uh, they make, they, they actually make a point of not resolving all their problems and having continuity and character development throughout the series, which is really fucking impressive for a cartoon. Is it something where Steven uh, is sort of representative to young boys of ways to process complex feelings uh, and trauma and express emotions in a healthy way? Would you say that's what Steven kind of represents? That's what Steven strives for. Um, and he does represent that. I think he, I think he represents just, you know, not understanding why people have to fight to begin, you know, the, the gems come from like a fighting war culture, uh, and Steven who, you know, just knows his moms essentially don't understand why they always have to be fighting. Why can't we and, just... And that's a real interesting reversal of sort of traditional male-female dynamic as well. With exactly. sort of the, the warlike culture and... Yeah. Definitely. Exactly, yeah. That because... that was something that was interesting. Sorry, Stan. Oh, no, no. That was something that... That was something that was interesting to me because the first episode, we we are sort of dropped into this as if we know the dynamics already. We're like midway through their yeah. relationship you know and so the fir- first episode is about the world being in danger and it being up to steven to figure out how to use his power which he hasn't been able to and just like the way that they were challenging him to like you know fucking fight dude like uh, we we need you to get after it but also right. doing it in a way we need that you was... to be as good as your mom essentially you know like mm-hmm. we need you to be your mom now um which mm. is not really something that they say out loud but it's a pressure that i feel like steven puts on himself well i mean I and like they insinuate it they're like you know if your mom was here she would know exactly what mm-hmm. to do, like we were talking about earlier. If your mom was here, mm-hmm. um, she'd be able to handle this no problem. And they're like, well, mm-hmm. you're the only person who can handle it, um, but we understand if you don't know how. Yeah, exactly. Kind of that reversal guilt that that a lot of moms are very adept at, <laughs> let's say. <laughs> All right, I-, I have a question about Steven's mom. Uh, mm-hmm. And... and- how is it that someone, an alien, a gem with those kinds of powers is willing to give all of that up in order to fuck Steven Universe's deadbeat dad? This Listen. is the thing that I do not. He must Listen. have been something back in the day. You have not seen the episode, okay? Okay. There okay. is an episode, and it is beautiful, where Steven and, and, and Greg sing about their feelings and and talk about like when he fell in love with his mother and it's beautiful. <laughs> okay. Noted. Noted. Yeah, no, 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 no. Everybody everybody uh makes fun of the fact that Greg is kind of a deadbeat dad at the beginning, but there are uh back backstory episodes and like flashback episodes of Greg talking about like the good old days and like him raising Steven on his own and stuff. Because there was, you know, uh, there was a time when Steven was a baby and how the fucker Jim's going to deal with a baby. 
Does the baby know how to control the gem? That's my first question, because is it like changing a diaper, only the gem starts doing random shit when the baby gets angry? Like, I don't know. <laughs> there is an episode where uh, his gem flashes, uh, and uh, they don't they don't know what to do. <laughs> there, there's a whole episode dedicated to that. So. Flashes like a caution sign? Well, you'll see. I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> Um, one of the things, one of the things that's, uh, becomes clear, I think, in the first couple of episodes is that his powers are basically tied to his emotions, right? Okay. I, 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 yeah, I, that felt, that feels like what the first episode is kind of trying to explain with, based on how he, like, when he, he, he's like, oh, I got so excited about the ice cream. That I was exactly. able to, and so he tries to. He thinks he thinks it's the ice cream, but then later on cream, he bro. discovers <laughs> that it's the feelings. It's it's all the feels that he gets that helps him. And I think, um, yeah, again, I don't know. I, I was trying to pull up the list of episodes, um, how far y'all went into it, uh, but that's that's basically the first few like episodic episodes is him trying to figure out how to trigger his powers and eventually figuring out like oh for his human side it's his emotions but like how do aliens explain that to a kid essentially right like they don't know yeah. what the fuck emotions are <laughs> Let me ask you this. Uh, you wanted us specifically to watch episode 12, Giant mm -hmm. Woman. And I know Thomas didn't get to it, but mm -hmm. uh, can you uh, explain why that episode is of significance to you? Mm -hmm. uh, so one of the things that me and my husband love to say about each other is that we are Pearl and Amethyst, which I, I feel like after Aww. you... Yeah. I mean, like, you guys you guys see how, how Amethyst is my girl, right? Like... Like, what did I text? What did I text you out of the blue when you knew I was watching? You said something like, "So you're Amethyst, right?" And Tim's Tim's Pearl, because <laughs> it's true. Yeah, like whatever. That, Tim's that that part got me to keep watching for sure. <laughs> when Tim gets really in his head and gets really organized, he's like, I'm so sorry, my pearl's showing really bad right now. Anyway. Oh, God. <laughs> but, um, but so uh, the episode Giant Woman is uh, them explaining uh, that how their forms, when they need to, quote unquote, come together and you know protect something, fight for something that they both believe in, they uh, form into a giant woman, uh, which is an amalgamation of the best parts of themselves. So when Pearl and Amethyst are uh, uh, essentially uh, joined together to become Opal, they are uh, a fusion that is a wonderful relationship of how they interact on their best days, essentially. Um, and uh, one, of the, one of the things that I wanted... Uh, for us when we were uh, planning on getting married is, you know, we could have like the traditional diamond rings and whatnot, but I really wanted to um, propose to my husband. So I got him an opal 
uh, we, we got each other opal rings and I proposed to him with a opal inlay ring with the, that was, uh, inlaid in ceramic. Um, and he got me an, a wonderful little princess cut with an opal as well. Um, but that's to represent, um, you know, separately we are individuals, uh, with opinions that may differ sometimes, but when we come together, we form, uh, we form opal and we form the better parts of ourselves. Aww. Which is interesting because they had so many challenges in that episode actually getting together to form Opal. Mm-hmm. Um, which I, Isn't I, that I relationships? That a- What's that? <laughs> Isn't that relationships? That, you recognize I mean, how challenging it is to find the best uh, out of one another and maintain that in the times where you're a little too wrapped up in yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And so you're, you know, in this context, you get a little too amethyst and you can't bond with the pearl to Absolutely. make, you know, and, and, and so I, I, it ain't that the, ain't that the way, but then you hit that groove and it's like, you're stronger, better, faster, well, all and the, the things. The beauty, the beautiful thing about Giant Woman is um, because they had so many trials to get, like they tried to form the the opal so many times for Steven, but it wasn't until Steven was in trouble that they could actually form. You know, that it, it all that until- all that stuff in the way doesn't matter anymore. You got that commonality, that that overwhelming that common goal to to form over. Exactly. It's a lot like mm-hmm. it's a lot like parenting. You know, you have to come together mm-hmm. because you have a greater priority than yourself, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, You'd know you got an adult. You got a near adult daughter now. Um. So that I'm. Idea. I'm. Right. So. Um. Yeah. Did you Did you guys make it to um, Ocean Gem? Because that's another big one in the continuity. N- no. the okay. The episodes that we got through were Gem Glow, Laser Light Cannon. Okay. And cheese and cheeseburger backpack, which was really cute but really obscure. <laughs> yeah, the, the um, that one was my favorite, but it was like at the end of it, I was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop here on a good mm-hmm. note because that was like some goofy obscurity that I can get behind. The first season is definitely way more episodic than the rest of the seasons, um, but they do have like yeah, it's it's kind of this weird amalgamation of like. They've got a couple of episodes that are just like cheeseburger backpack one-offs here and there, but then they have episodes that like go towards the greater community of the story or c- continuity, I should say, of the story um, that are really impressive. And it's funny to see like on IMDb which ones that obviously people hated because they were just like weird one-offs. <laughs> I think Cheeseburger Backpack sure. is a very popular one, but there's a, a couple that I've noticed that uh, specifically just... they Steven Universe had the weirdest, weirdest um, premiere schedule. It was never like every Tuesday. It was always like, we're going to drop four episodes this week. We're going to wait a month, drop Cartoon one Cartoon Network, baby. Yeah, dude. Cartoon Network. So goddamn yeah. frustrating man like it was it was like an event to try to just find the goddamn episodes you know every time <laughs> and i think 
part of it. We're I talking think, about the time before streaming, kids. Just so you know. Oh right, yeah. No, this was, <laughs> we're old. <laughs> I mean, we used to and, watch TV on TV. Yeah, exactly. Because you couldn't get. Car- <laughs> yeah, nobody owned Cartoon Network. You remember when phones were phones? <laughs> well, I think too. Part of the problem with it was. Um, it, you know, it uh, because it's female empowerment and a lot of it has to do with, like, relationships. Uh, you know, people... It, I love that. It's uh, got, a, got a, you know, queer connotation to it. And actually, Rebecca Sugar is a very out and proud uh, queer rep- uh, person in the community. For, first uh, female cartoon showrunner on Cartoon Network. Really? Dubs. Yeah. Nice. Um, and nice. and uh, she uh, or they, uh, I believe, uh, do a lot of fundraising for trans kids um, these days. But a uh, big, big part of it is um, there's, uh, you know, queer representation that she was that they're very uh, wanted to represent in in children media. But it's not like these characters are gay. It's just these characters happen to be women and some of them happen to love each other. You know, as you get further, further down the road. Um, And it got to the point where, like, a lot of uh, countries would actually edit the cartoons to put, like, little mustaches on some of them. Oh, God, what? (laughs) They couldn't, they couldn't show queer They'll never know. Yeah, no, it was a big thing in Russia. Like, Russia edited several episodes. To put fake mustaches... So they would appear to be dudes. Yep. Yep. Mother Russia. <laughs> yep. I think this is a good time to say we here at the We Are All Weirdos podcast would never add mustaches to a cartoon no. for that reason. We would add mustaches to a cartoon um, if, like, the if cartoon it was needed a mustache. And, it, yeah. and we thought it was funny, but, like, that's not funny. That's just... That's just rude. Down with uh, hetero like, mustaches. I reserve uh, uh, the right to lo- have love is the love. curly handlebar mustache just to be evil if ever yeah. I really want to be. Yeah. I reserve Bales, that right. Bales, you couldn't grow that mustache. Oh, I could. It would be ridiculous. Oh, no, no you've the, never seen. The stress, of, the stress of your life will not allow for your mustache to curl. <laughs> It'll just droop. No, you know what it you'll, would look you'll like? You'll look would, like Wiley... Know. You'll look like Wiley Coyote after hitting the wall. <laughs> That's my Bailey default could get, state. Bailey could probably stick out his sides of his mustache and get a sweet Salvador Dali going. No, no. All I need <laughs> he would have to use he he'd have to use straight up construction adhesive <laughs> to you get just that put thing some to stick. on your upper lip and curl. I was always a dapper <laughs> Dan man. <laughs> <laughs> Perfection, perfection, perfection. All right. I think we should move on from mustaches there. (laughs) On on that beautiful, obscure reference. um, Thank you, Stan, for that. That was beautiful. Stan, closing words on Steven Universe. Over to you. Um, if you haven't seen it, do yourself a favor. Check it out. It's it's a wonderful show. Um, just full of wonderful emotions, especially in rough times. It it's helpful to get you through those rough times. I would say. Uh, and all just right. a wonderfully written show that you should, everyone should check out and love. 
And if you find yourself with a jewel in your belly button that you can't explain, I would say watch this show just for context. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. We'll be right back. Hey, Thomas, how much do you love your coffee, man? Bales, I have five cups a day and each of my cats try and get their own cup. Well, whether it's people drinking coffee or cats, cats should not drink coffee. Uh, Discover the rich taste of tradition with Henry's House of Coffee, a San Francisco-based family business since 1965. They roast dark, smooth, never-bitter coffee. Visit henryshouseofcoffee.com or download the Henry's House of Coffee app and use promo code WEIRDO for a 15% discount on your next order. That's right, promo code W-E-I-R-D-O. Our friends at Henry's House of Coffee are offering an exclusive discount just for listeners of this show. Uh, experience the legacy in every cup with Henry's House of Coffee. Meow. All right, and welcome back to the show. I am so excited uh, for our next guest. Listeners have heard us talking about her uh, since the inception of this podcast. She is the better half uh, to our, our co-host, Thomas. Uh, please Welcome to the show, the one, the only, Caitlin, ladies and gentlemen. Hi, guys. Caitlin. Thank you for having me. Caitlin, <laughs> what a welcome. welcome to the pod. We are, we are so excited to get to talk to you on air here. Um, now, as, as you know, we do have a rule uh, for all guests uh, on the podcast. We have one question. And for you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw in a slight modifier uh, on yours. Oh, goodness. Which is, so, Caitlin. Uh-oh. Other than your taste in men, what makes you a weirdo? (laughs) (laughs) You're lucky lucky Thomas has something in his mouth right now. (laughs) Heyo! We're also sitting in the same room, so we have to be cautious about when I talk and when she talks uh, for the sake of the recording. But she's just sort of smiling at me like... Giggly, like like uh, like I'm about to feed her an answer, and uh, no, I just want to hear you answer the question. She can speak for herself, Thomas. You don't need to mansplain it for her. No, I literally just said that, John. I literally just said that, Bills. All right, boys, calm it down. We got a guest here. So, Caitlin, what makes you a weirdo, my dear? Um, so I was actually, I was thinking about this and I was like, you know what? I think there's more things that make me a weirdo than things that do not. Like, is is it innocent until proven guilty? Just weirdo until proven otherwise. And I, Mm -hmm. for my whole life, have not been able to prove otherwise. So weirdo is a term of endearment here. So embrace the weird. Yeah. What what do you got for us? Excellent. Um, I mean, I, I think that really I just love to this is so cheesy i love to learn things i like to understand how things work how things could be better how things could be different i love to create um i'm one of those people that would much rather spend 120 dollars on craft supplies to make something than you know buy it in a store for like 20 bucks um but i like the the thrill of making and creating and modifying it to a purpose it's just exciting to to create 
what's your favorite kind of crafting that you do? Um, I probably don't get to do it as often as I like, um, but I do really enjoy sewing and costumes and making really fun things like that. Um, I used to work in a theater costume shop, um, so I was never bored uh, with making new things, historical things. Yeah, it was was a blast, so I've always kind of loved doing it since. What is the weirdest craft or costume that you've ever made? Ooh. Ooh, good question. Weirdest... Um, all right, so I don't think it's that weird, um, but I was particularly pleased with the, I, I ha- only had like three days to do it, um, but with some felt and a lot of hot glue, uh, I don't know if you guys know One Piece, but Chopper, uh, the little reindeer doctor, uh, I m- managed to make uh, something pretty thrown together for Comic-Con, and I was pretty pleased with, uh, <laughs> you know, working nice. working with some scraps, and I, I made it work somehow. <laughs> but Was this a costume for yourself to Comic- for Comic-Con? Yes. Yeah, it was. I had like a last minute ticket that uh, was offered to me and I wasn't not going to dress up. Um, And why would you why would you very realistically wear something you already have when you can panic and make something new? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, (laughs) have you been to Comic-Con more than once? Um, I, I think twice maybe. Um, I, I have friends who go for like that whole weekend and they make a whole thing of it, take time off work. I might catch one day every other year or so, but it is just fantastic people watching and people are so enthusiastic about whatever their particular uh, focus is, uh, their own little weirdo realms. Um, so it's, it's just enjoyable to see how those creative people also live out amongst us do you enjoy uh doing cosplay or being in character probably the the dressing and the costume more so than being a character um i do love the theater background that you guys all share um but i'm very much a behind the scenes person than a act in character person uh I, i like the theatrics but not as strongly as other folks (laughs) and just for the record how many times have you watched the entirety of the u.s version of the office caitlin (laughs) okay that was like (laughs) i don't know like it's been so many i don't i don't actually know if i was to consciously put a number on it i would say we're approaching 40 Oh my goodness! Hey, hey! Everybody's got to have their comfort show. Everybody's got their their comfort show, and then for the office fans out there, it's higher than numbers go, um, mm-hmm. which is the ceiling above accounting. Um, but yeah, nice. <laughs> uh, nice. So yes, so the you- office would certainly be one of my particular nerd nerd kingdoms. Excellent. So how often do you work in a quality Michael Scott? That's what she said. That's what I want to know. I mean, honestly, it's low-hanging fruit. Um, mm-hmm. Don't don't what's get me wrong. I love it. Line? I'm gonna do it. What was that? What What's your favorite go-to line? Like, Ooh. like the one you always pull. Like, there's always what there's always uh, money in the banana stand from okay. Arrested Development. All right. Um, ooh. There's so many just facial expressions. Like uh, some of some of it isn't even a line. It's a look. It's mm-hmm. a moment. Um, ooh. <laughs> You know what? There's a beautiful line from Creed. 
I do like quoting it because it's something that the first 10 times I watched it, I never heard. And some real, real shady stuff is going on with a very pretty lady. And someone says she just oozes sexuality. And Creed has to point out that, you know, humans only ooze two things, sensuality and pus. And it just stuck with me. <laughs> really, really did. I was like, you know what? That's an actually a really great point. It really gross. There you go. Oh, that's so good. Can I, Thank can you. I give you my favorite, Thank, can I give you my you favorite line from The Office? Sure. It's it's a cheesy one, but it has always stuck with me. It's the episode where they're going to go to New York for uh, for a meeting, and Michael keeps talking about how he can't wait to get his hands on a New York slice. And when they finally get to New York City, he walks up to Sparrow, and he's like, a New York slice! <laughs> so excited for his airport pizza, you know? <laughs> what was, there was Sparrow. one that I would always quote. Um, I, I can't remember what episode it was, but it was like, he's just making a note to himself, call YouTube, make sure they videotape this. Like, in one <laughs> line, just so much joy in one line. <laughs> you know, speaking, speaking of Creed, one of my favorite things about that, and this is one of those weird six degrees thing, I actually know a guy who was in a band with Creed Bratton. Oh my god! Uh, which, of course yeah. you do. Blech. Yeah. Well, no, they were they were in a band called the Grassroots. They had a couple of hits back in the day. Um, okay. Yeah, Episode was- six, the second time Bales gets to throw in a little name drop in <laughs> on wax. It's cute. I mean, I'm surprised it's it's it, it's not that many. I'm surprised that the under is where we're at. Honestly, dude, I, same. Whole bunch, same. <laughs> I fully expected you to bat six for six on that shit, but... <laughs> I'm underachieving, is what you're telling me. I'm... I'm... Yeah, for the listeners, Bales is... Uh, he takes pride in his humility. Okay. Wow. <laughs> wow. I, I, I don't know if I feel seen or if I feel attacked. Or a little of both. <laughs> Porque no los dos. <laughs> anyway, let's get okay. back to our guest. Uh, yeah, so in our in our last episode, Caitlin, we, uh, we heard a lot of the stories of the cross-country uh, journey with you and Thomas and the cats. And it sounds like it was quite the adventure. Um, did you have any uh, anecdotes or stories that you wanted to add for that trip? Or anything that you want to correct for the record for the listeners based on what Thomas told us? Uh, and any thoughts, anything you want to share with us? I mean, it was it was really uh, a little walk down memory lane. It was kind of lovely to listen um, to him share that. Um, you know, things have been so chaotic with unpacking and arriving and bringing four cats together. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So it was a nice it was nice to listen to that. Um, I did want to clarify the statue of Larry Bird is at Indiana State. Ah, um, oh, that I makes sense. Was, yeah, that, that was sense. kind of a mystery where you guys left off. Uh- I still love Thank the you. idea of Larry. I still love the idea of Larry Bird Middle School, and uh, again, I'm ready to move there and, and have another kid just to send my kid to Larry Bird Middle School. I will. I, that that's how far I'm going to go. <laughs> We've heard about uh, the perspective of Thomas and his cats and how they're adjusting, but you know, 
it's your place that he moved into and your cats that, you know, he and these other cats. Now, how are, are your cats doing uh, with this big change in their lives? Um, I mean, surprisingly, the curmudgeon, the older cat, uh, pudding has taken to Thomas quite lovingly. Um, I'm pretty sure he used her as a pillow on the couch for a bit yesterday. That's how close they are. I could hear her purring from the other side of the room. So they are, uh, they're doing great. Astrid is a little, uh, spastic. (laughs) I think so she's got a lot of a lot of feelings and she gets all fluffed up and she's uh real quick to swipe those little death machines that she's got and how long have you had your cats just uh i want to add um i did not in fact line my beard for the week astrid did (laughs) (laughs) and without even being asked to how sweet They're, they're grooming you already. I mean, that's that, that's a good sign. That's a good sign. Uh, so, um, so how long have you had your cats? Uh, so Pudding is my oldest. Um, she is going to be nine this year. Um, and then Astrid is going to be six. Got it. Just curiously and randomly for no reason at all, could you by chance name Angela's cats, uh, Angela from The Office? Could you please oh, by chance name her cats? I mean, I, I can name, like, a good portion of them, um, especially after that little bit when Dwight does not want to sleep in her lumpy bed because it's full of cats. <laughs> um, so I know that there's Amber, Milky Way, Diane, and I think Glumpy is one of those cats. She also has Princess Lady and, of course, Sprinkles, rest in peace. Um, there are plenty of others <laughs> also out there. Um, of course, Bandit, uh, who does get rescued from the fire. Almost. Oh my god. There are more, but uh those are those are the top <laughs> top wow. ones. I do I'm love impressed. Princess Lady. I love that name. By chance name. did you miss two specific and particular names at all? Or uh Okay, my cat's names are inspired by the office, but they're not Angela's cats. Mm. To be fair. Okay. To be fair. Astrid um is also Astrid when she's bad um which is an office thing uh cute (laughs) but they're not actually office cat names big change for you you've got two cats and 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 this guy now now living with you um now i imagine when you're contemplating you know cohabitating you probably have a uh shall we say it's a it's a pros and cons ya man's list all right. There's pros and cons of having yamans <laughs> coming in. Careful, Bales. Careful. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. So I, I want to ask you this because I would think one of the pros of of having uh, Thomas move in as yamans. Uh, oh is, God, I know where this is going. He's known for his reputation, his own, speaking of, of, of someone in their own humility, uh, Thomas is known for his ability to fix things around the house. And to be fair, Thomas has fixed things in my house before he moved back east. Uh, he's fixed he even, things in my house. He's he our put, little, yeah. He put up a banister on my steep steps that allow the old folks to come into my house. So it's it's very much appreciated. He's done some quality work, but I understand that you, 
homeowner, uh, had uh, an ins- had something happen in the house recently, and uh, some hijinks were involved. Uh, w- w- would you care to read us in on uh, on on this tale of uh, hijinks, bro? Okay, hijinks. I will listen to this story as Caitlin tells it because, okay, uh, as has been hinted, I do not deserve to tell it. Oh, goodness. Well, I I will say it was extremely well-intentioned. Okay. As most disasters are. Most disasters that start (laughs) well-intentioned. It was very well-intentioned. But uh, basically, like, as we were driving across country, getting ready to to arrive here, he hadn't been here in in a bit, I, like had like a mental list going of like the top 10 things I knew were going to bug him so much he would want to fix immediately. Like I tried to do a lot of stuff before he came, but I knew that there were going to be certain things that just don't work quite right that were going to bug the heck out of him. And I was right. So did you, did you build it as like a honey-do list or like? I did not. I did not. Um, Like I know he is very capable of fixing a a lot of these things. Um, But it was more just I didn't want to have to ask. I just knew that they were so annoying. He would be so inclined because it would just be bugging him. Um, so that was that was pretty accurate. So uh, I think. What are we some of the things even, on that list? So, not even a hero week, um, and he was cleaning out the drains in the bathroom oh. sink. Um, you've done what else? The shower. You've done plenty of other. What other projects did you? It, neither here nor there. I see something Aww. that I can fix, and then I fix it because it's easier when it's fixed. Um, everybody uh, <laughs> except Caitlin can attest on this call that I am successful and good when I do a thing. I get it done the right way, as it should be. And I don't, like, do projects. I don't feel like I'm about to, that, that aren't in my wheelhouse. Go on. Go With on. one glorious exception, apparently. <laughs> I, I, you know, the, the, the setup right now is making it sound like it was more of a disaster than it was. This is more about the potential disaster it could have been and the surprise of that potential. That's my big spin. All right. I would counter that by saying (laughs) (laughs) that 100% it was an emotional disaster. Oh, no. Oh, no. We have have since recovered. However, at one point, (laughs) it did hit a bell curve of disaster. Oh, no. So so what happened? (laughs) (laughs) Well, John... My sink really had no water pressure. That's it. It it just kind of fell out of the faucet. It just the water plopped out, um, okay. and it, it was pretty awful. It had gotten to the point too where like the little sprayer that comes out on the hose w- was working like thirty percent of the time. Um, so he had finally had it. I had gone on a work trip, um, and I was coming home, and he wanted to be all like oh, nice and fixed, no. and I was like okay no water pressure you just replace the hoses no big deal and she goes on a trip uh day before she comes back i replace the hoses no big deal but when i open the the 
when I opened the shutoff valves to let the water back in, no water came out. So I theorized, because most logic answer was that the angle valves needed to be changed. The long and the short of it is we took all the steps to identify the shutoffs for the water. We proved the water was shut off in the bathroom with multiple faucets. That being said... That being said... After you forgot the consultation with two friends, one of whom is a plumber, and like you, you knew what you were doing, and you asked other people for their opinions, you had a plan, you were very confident. Um, so my building is extremely old. It was pre-1900s, uh, and then it was turned into condos. Oh, no. So there are multiple units in my building, but my building is extremely, extremely old. Um, and of course, when they take old things and make them new things like condos, a lot of times that transition is not handled as smartly as possible or as efficiently as possible or was, you know, thorough attention to detail. Um, Go on. Yeah. So... <laughs> There is resolution to why what happened happened, and it was not Thomas's fault. Um, however, when he did go to actually cut into the pipe, scalding, boiling hot <gasps> water, and it is not dribble, dribble. It is ridiculously spraying just everywhere. And We're it's talking busted boiling, fire hydrant type boiling, spray? Yeah. Yep, smaller, oh smaller, like, hole that it's coming out of, but same kind of pressure. It is just everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Kitchen and is this flooded. in the, just set the scene, is this in the kitchen? Where, where, where exactly yeah. is this? Yep, okay. so this is, this is the kitchen sink, um, oh, no. and it's all, like, in the under cupboard uh, underneath the sink and spilling out all over the kitchen, and then it's rolling into my, my little parlor. Um, so just water is everywhere. Like, I ran downstairs and just shut off the main at least, so there was definitely no water. Um, but pretty much as I was coming back up the stairs, we saw water pouring down through oh. a pipe hole, and um, oh, it, no. it was, it was ex yeah. Into the into the boiler room the the stairs down through the bottom right there was a pipe that went down there that was dripping water that being said the water would not shut off on the hot water that i had cut and i had to put a new angle valve on that thing while the water was boiling and jet fuel jet spraying you what so wait, 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 there's hot water, like boiling water all over the kitchen. It's running out of the unit and down into the boiler room. So it's it's out in like a, is, is there water in a common area then? Well, well, the way that or? it's set up, we did not see any other water, and there's a unit in between, so there, it's it made no sense. It was probably just kind of sliding right back down the pipe, and it stopped. As soon as we got the water off, it stopped, but it was very much like a, oh, my God, the amount of water that came out of that and with such force. Um, all of our towels are nice and clean, though, now, and my kitchen floor <laughs> is very clean. Um, and we took a very quiet ride to Lowe's to get a new faucet. Oh, no. Oh. To get a new faucet, because after I changed the valves during that, oh, shit, then I turned the water on. 
There's no leaks anywhere, but the faucet just still wasn't working. It would not come on at all. So the faucet to be changed, which is hilarious because, uh, like, in happenstance, at the very beginning, I was like, I should just change your faucet. And then it turned into a, like, uh, well, if we do that, maybe this and that. And so I was just like, you know what? It's probably just the hoses anyway. And then it's... It, it happened from there. Now, one water adventure would be enough. And then we have water adventure number two last weekend where my upstairs neighbor's dishwasher started overflowing. <gasps> Unrelated to me. Okay. Unrelated <laughs> to me. To, I didn't do it. To specify. Stop me. <laughs> please, please clarify. Unrelated. Oh to him but i'm really afraid of the rest of today (laughs) what else is going to happen oh no i mean that is fair has there been more (laughs) since the dishwasher those were back-to-back weekend surprises oh Oh, my god the dishwasher one came late night (gasps) like how late night midnight oh Oh, god well actually it was just shy of midnight the football game was on yeah all right, so did you have to go and, like, bang on your neighbor's door and be like, hey, man, you're flooding our apartment? Yeah, we, we had, like, a texting group throughout the building figuring out what, who had water coming in, where it might be coming from. They did send emergency service out that just said, oh, it's fixed. And I'm like, is it fixed? And I'm like, no, I mean, we figured out where it came from, so good night. <laughs> okay, helpful. <laughs> but it, it did stop. It did stop. So, okay, so just... everything seems to be repaired at this point? Yes, I think we're good. Right. No no more floods. And how is the faucet now? Y'all, that faucet is amazing. <laughs> you could peel your face off with that water pressure. <laughs> oh, sorry. It, it is it's, getting, it's getting a dermal abrasion. Pretty much. Pretty much. So I, I just want to I didn't know I came that. here for redemption, but I did. <laughs> All right. We can tell you needed it, Thomas. <laughs> so so you had to replace, let me get this straight now, you had to replace an angle valve, the hoses, the faucet. Was there anything else like in terms of like parts that you had to replace? I'm just trying to get a full inventory of, of, of the scope of your work here, sir. My nerves. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Can't even be mad at that. (laughs) Okay, Caitlin, let me ask you this. The end result is you have a very nice faucet with very nice water pressure that seems to be a great improvement at the end. But. And a clean floor. That's true. (laughs) Can't, Can't argue with that. So, was the, was, was the destination worth the journey? Was it worth the nerve-wracking experience to get to this high-quality faucet? If you had to do it over again, would you do it all again for the love of the new sink? I I would say that yes. It 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 did give us a good insight into how we both would handle escalated situations together, and that we need a plan in advance 
next time but no it was it was fine the sink was definitely worth it and mystery solved after the second water situation last weekend i did find out that there is a plumbing screw up um some of my water supply comes from my neighbor and that is the water that wasn't turned off because it's not supposed to be mine oh mystery solved that probably came from the condo conversion, I would think. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, wow. wow. We're uncovering all sorts of stuff. This is we've turned into a true crime podcast now. Plumbing. We've become like forensic mysteries. hardware experts. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> all right. Now now getting back to Thomas doing projects around the house. Now you said he's got a lot of stuff and this seems like this was really like probably the most uh difficult one to get through. Uh but are there any other fun stories you have about uh Thomas doing stuff around the house you want to share with us? Okay. Well, when we were still courting uh before, I I don't know. Oh, what do you, my I don't know. Am I so old? <laughs> I love it. (laughs) So he had (laughs) Did Thomas spend your dowry already? (laughs) (laughs) It's still negotiations. (laughs) Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. (laughs) Uh, But uh, I will say, uh, I I was visiting with him uh, out in San Francisco, and I did drop one of my favorite earrings down his sink, and I was pretty certain it was just kind of a lost cause. We were getting ready to go out the door, go to dinner, and uh, I was like, oh, man. I have to go get different earrings because I only got one now. And uh, once I told him that my earring went right down the drain, he was just like, oh, it's going to take like three minutes. And sure enough, the bucket, the pipe came off. He washed my earring off before giving it back to me, guys. Um, Yeah. And so he's done. He's done plenty. You don't. Do you remember that? Was that right before the dinner that we went to? I don't think so. I think we were just running out the door. All right. Well, classic. I, I, well I, I, I do remember, but it wasn't a big deal. It's yeah. Okay. Whatever. Take the compliment, Thomas. I no. took the compliment. I was quiet. I was. I was. I answered a question. <laughs> so I will tell you. Um, funnily enough, the same weekend that you had your plumbing emergency. I had a plumbing emergency here at my house Jesus uh, Christ! where I had run the dishwasher and we thought the problem was with the dishwasher because there was a little bit of water on the floor in front of the dishwasher, but it had leaked down into the basement. Uh, and I'm like, oh God, what the hell? But we couldn't find anything wrong. Uh, so we just kind of like, okay, well, something is going to surface. Uh, a few hours later, we realized... Okay, what's broken is there's literally a hole in the pipe underneath the sink next to the dishwasher where all that runoff goes. So everything underneath my sink is like flooded and nasty and miserable. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I go to the hardware store and I replace the J-pipe. Uh, you know, and for me, um, Kayla, I don't know if you know this, I have a, I have a back injury. So for me, when I get down on the ground like that, it's kind of a, it's, it's not a comfortable thing. It can be really challenging for me to do, but I got under there. I managed to replace the pipe. I was quite proud of myself. Then I heard about Thomas's uh, plumbing fiasco. And for all the challenges I had replacing one single pipe, I felt a lot better about myself knowing that <laughs> Thomas's misery always makes me feel better about myself. There's just no way around that. Well, and, and Bales, and Bales, <laughs> and Bales in that moment 
when I let you know that I had a plumbing disaster and you told me about yours and I what did I say when you said that you felt more accomplished at plumbing what did I say what kind of person am I okay if we're airing out all the Thomas things what did I say to you I said you I were the better plumber that weekend oh yes Yes! You heard it here first, folks. I What you just heard, for the listeners at home, what you just heard was the reverse Grinch, okay? Thomas's massive balls shrunk three sizes that day. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. You know, fun fact, my mother and aunt both listen to this podcast, so uh, yeah. you go ahead and apologize to them directly, Bales. <laughs> You do that right now, sir. Right now. Right now. I'm sorry. I'll cut it. <laughs> nah, don't I cut the that shit. Was good. All right. No, no, no. Don't cut that shit. You leave it, but you leave it with that I'm sorry. Sorry, Thomas's <laughs> mom. You're a very nice lady. <laughs> So we're, we got to wrap this up in a couple minutes here. But Caitlin, uh, is there anything else that you want to share with the listeners of this show of what it's been like to uh, have Thomas move cross country into your home? Anything you want to share? What with the listeners of is this, show? this? Oh, no pressure at all. While this we're is sitting. what you signed up for, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's 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 been a blast. Um, it, it's definitely been uh, a lot of fun, actually. I mean, not just the road trip, but you know, making the most of the situation and having totes out here and still trying to have uh, an enjoyable time and settling into his new job and a new state and trying to explore so he cannot have to use the highway. Uh, as he likes to drive so much, and now we have a bridge down, so there'll be lots Uh-oh. of driving. Um, it's been it's been a blast. Fun fact: Rhode Island is apparently the ocean state, and uh, fun fact: I'm learning that more and more. I did fascinating. Know that. All right. Well, listen. Uh, I just want to say, for the record, Caitlin. You are a weirdo that we very much enjoy having around. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we appreciate Thanks, you. <laughs> we appreciate you taking in this stray over here. Uh, and for the record, you've got one of the good ones. Uh, yeah. And Thomas, even though he doesn't want to hear me say it, uh, he, he knows he's got one of the good ones too. And uh, we're really happy to have you here. And uh, for the first time, and certainly not the last, being part of the show. Thanks, guys. No, it's been a blast. And anything you need, just holler. I'm happy to make a reappearance. Yeah. Anytime we need Thomas to be just a little bit embarrassed, uh, that's what we're going to do. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, don't take the silence for embarrassment. The silence is merely for production purposes, listeners. I want to make sure Caitlin is heard loud and clear. We're sitting here, and I don't want to be getting picked up in the back of her say what she's got to say uh, I enjoy listening too thank you so much for coming on the show with us mm-hmm. see he's a good thing. listener that's what you yeah. want on your pros and cons of your man's list he's a good listener for <laughs> sure for sure but thanks so much again guys absolutely alright th- thanks for joining us Caitlin and, uh, and uh, we'll be right back
We picked up a weirdo. Uh, once again, we want to thank you all for uh, downloading and listening to us uh, every week. Uh, and uh, we want Thanks, to say y'all. thank you. Yeah, for seriously. Some weirdos. Yeah. Thank you, you Thanks. weirdos. We love you. Um, and we will be back uh, next week. Uh, a reminder, uh, our friends at uh, Seal Party uh, have a new single that has just dropped uh, on Bandcamp. Uh, it's called Push On. Uh, we hope that you will download it. And uh, please, uh, buy their music. Support them. Because nice. uh, they let us use their theme. Uh, and uh, we will be back uh, next week. Uh, special thanks to everybody. I could be persuaded. I could be trusted. Never been.